is actually working. Yeah, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 15, verse uh, 22 through 28. And on this Mother's Day, what I want to talk to you about for the remainder of our time is the woman of Canaan. And uh, boy, what a uh, story this is. The woman of Canaan. If you found uh, Matthew chapter 15... Verse 22 through 28, say amen. amen. If you're still looking for it, say oh me. Uh-oh, I heard oh me. So somebody sit beside the oh me, help them and convert them, amen, into an amen. But uh, boy, this lady, uh, she, she is a, she is not, she's a Gentile. She's not a Jew. She's not a child. She's not one of the sheep that uh, Jesus Christ has, has come to minister to, but boy, I'll tell you what, she has a need in her life. Uh, you know what her need was as a mother was her child. And uh, her child was uh, pushed into a corner and uh, had, a, had a major problem going in his life and nobody else was able to give her any relief. Couldn't give her any help. And uh, she was at her wit's end and she had heard about this man named Jesus. And uh, how he was a miracle worker, and how he was a man of God, and he was a man of God of the Jews. And she was thinking, "Oh no, see, I'm I'm not a Jew. I I don't know. Is he gonna Is he gonna help me? Can he help me? Will he help me? Well, I, I I'll never know unless I go." And she mustered up the courage, and she went, and she found him, and she came to him. If you have your Bibles open to uh, Matthew chapter fifteen. Let's look at verse 22. And it reads like this. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast, the coast of Canaan, and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples um, came and, and besought him, saying, Lord, send her away, for she, she even crieth after us. But he answered and said, uh, I'm not come but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, It's not meat, it's not right. It's not just for me to take the children's bread, the children of Israel, the children of God, the sheep, and cast the bread of the people of God and cast it to dogs. And she said, O truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs from the Master's table. And Jesus answered and said unto her, O O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Let's pray. Father, we love You. We thank You for Your love, for Your mercy. We thank You for the day and the blessings that You've given us. We thank You for the reading of Your Word. God, what a powerful, powerful story. Uh, I don't believe that it's a parable. It's not just a story that somebody made up. God, I believe the people of the day and time that this was written knew exactly who it was that was being talked about, spoken of. 
God, it could be very well us that stands in need of Your help in our own homes, our own families, and our own lives. God, we pray that You'll open our hearts and our minds. Give us wisdom and understanding. Help us, O God, to apply the things that are written here in Your Word to our own homes, our own lives. And God, we'll, we'll be careful to give You the praise and the glory for these things. And we pray it in Jesus' name and for His sake. Amen. Well, what we have here really laying before us is, is a mother's prayer. Uh, this is a mama coming to the only doctor that she believes has the answers to help the child in her life. She has a, a daughter. She has a child. And, and we, see, we see, first of all, her character. Uh, the character of the mother. She, she's a, a, a loving mother. She loves her, her child. But, but the character that we're talking about was she, she's a woman of Canaan. Uh, she's a she's a heathen. She doesn't know the God of the nation of Israel, and that's the only true and living God on the planet then or now. And, and she realizes that well, she's talked to her God, she's talked to her people, she's talked to all the doctors and and people that she knows, and nobody is able to give her any remedy for what's going on in her home and in her family. But she is a representative of a group of people. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12 that they were without hope. Ephesians, by the way, were a group of, of uh, people that were not of the nation of Israel. Uh, we call them Gentiles. By the way, everybody in this room, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12 that you were without hope, that you were without God. And this is one of the ladies that they realized that she was from Canaan, she was not from the nation of Israel, and that she was without hope, with no promise, without God in the world, is what the Bible says in Ephesians. She was a woman also of deep anxiety. It says that in verse 22, where it talks about her daughter that was vexed with a devil. You ever know anybody that was vexed with a devil? Probably you do, and you may not even realize it. I believe there are a lot of people in this world that have physical ailments. And we accredit it to physical things. We think, well, you know, they've got a cold, they've got a flu, they've got cancer, or they've got some issue going on in their lives. And what they need is a physical doctor because they have a physical problem. But I believe this real lady realized that what my daughter's problem is is not physical. And there's not a doctor on the planet other than Dr. Jesus, that can really reach into her heart, into her soul, and have an impact on what is going on in her life. And she came to the Lord uh, with, a, with a request. She came to Him with a cry for mercy. In verse 22, she said, Have mercy on me. I, I know, I realize that it was the daughter that actually needed the healing. But do you understand the mother was hurting along with her child. Her child had the, was, was possessed, literally, by, by a demon. There's a lot of that activity going on in the world today that we, we don't even realize what's, what's actually, in reality, taking place. I believe there's a lot more of it going on than most people actually give, give credit to. This lady realized. But it, it, it was not just her daughter that was hurting, but she was hurting for her daughter. And she came to the Lord Jesus Christ and cried out, Lord, have mercy on, on me. Her child's pain had, had become her own pain. Her child's suffering had become her own suffering. Do we suffer along 
with our children. I believe that we have children that are, are eat up with things of the world in this life that are carried away by the doctrines of the flesh, the things of this world and this life that we realize that they should not be involved in. Or our hearts hurt. Or our prayers go up and our hearts go out. And we, we minister, we pray, we, we not only pray for and sometimes pray about, but we also talk to and, and uh, try to, to give some insight, godly wisdom and godly insight to our children and our grandchildren, trying to, to lead them out of the darkness into the light that they might come to our Lord and Savior. But sometimes it has an effect, sometimes it doesn't have an effect. But my friend, that is the only hope that we really have is for us to pour out our hearts, cry to the Lord Jesus Christ and pray that He would have mercy not on only on our children, but on us, because we too are suffering along with us. By the way, it doesn't take long to cry out. She, she didn't take long. Uh, all she said was a one-liner, amen? We don't have to build up these big flowery, rosy, uh, two-page long prayers and, and practice them and rehearse them before we become come before the throne of God and pray, listen, I remember uh, Nehemiah and Ezra when they were rebuilding the temple and the wall and, and the king asked Ezra, well, what's wrong with you? Your, your countenance is fallen. And it, and it says, and he prayed unto the Lord. I mean, the king asked for a reason that the countenance had fallen and he just immediately said, oh, help me, God. I need you right now. And then he told the king what was going on at the nation of Israel about the walls and the and the temple that had fallen. See, we don't have to we don't have to make a long prayer to God. God knows our heart. And when our heart is really uh, torn apart for the ones that we love, especially for our children, and especially mothers, this is Mother's Day and this is a, a mother's cry to God for her children, not only for her children, but for herself. Because what happens to her children happens to her. And we don't have to make no big rosy prayer to God. But God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on my children. And God will hear and answer that prayer in one way or another. The attitude sometimes that people have is that God's not going to hear. God's not going to answer because they don't see the answer. But sometimes we're not crying from the heart. Uh, we're crying uh, sometimes out of aggravation, sometimes out of disgust. But my friend, when we cry for mercy for our children, mothers cry from their heart. And it was a cry not only from the heart, but it was a cry to the right person. We don't go to our husbands, uh, though we pray about it together. Uh, we don't go to our friends and the rest of our family. But my friend, we've got to go where there is actual help that will reach into the problem, that will reach into the heart, that will reach into the person's lives and have an effect. Have mercy on me. But then she followed it up with, have mercy on me, O Lord. And by the way, she didn't say God. She didn't... What does Lord mean? See, what she is doing is she's submitting herself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We can know that Jesus Christ is God, but though He's God, if He's not our Lord, is He really going to come into action for us? Sometimes we don't think that He is because He's not. And the reason that He's not is because we know that we are not submitting our, Lord, our lives to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We believe He's God. We believe He's Lord. But we're not living like 
He is Lord. My friend, until we surrender our hearts and our lives to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, we may as well go to the physical doctor or to somebody else in our family because, again, we know that God hears not the prayer of sinners. That is actually a verse. We say, well, who in this room is not a sinner? Certainly all are sinners. All saints are sinners, but not all sinners are saints. And all saints that sin go to God, confess and repent of their sin, and they strive to be holy for God. And God counts that as righteousness. But when we're living a sinful life and we know it, and we have no remorse, we have no repentance, how do we think God is going to hear and answer our prayer? Well, we see her character. She is a woman of Canaan. She is a woman of deep anxiety because of the condition of her child. We hear her request. It's a cry. A cry from the heart. It's a cry to the Lord. But we also see her difficulties. And boy, I'll tell you, the first difficulty she runs into when she says, Lord, have mercy on me. Or have mercy on me, O Lord. And then she waits for a reply. And the heavens are brass. Her ears are empty. There is no sound. Not in her ears, not in her heart. Because the Bible says in verse 23, He answered her, Not a word. Not a mumble. Not a grunt. Not a word. He didn't say anything to her. Have you ever prayed to God? Didn't get a response? Boy, I have. Sometimes we're looking for an immediate response because we have an immediate need. And we need an immediate answer. And we're disappointed and sometimes downright discouraged because God didn't, God didn't reply. My friend, listen, God always, He might not speak out loud, but God always replies. Sometimes we don't like what He says because we want a yes we want to, oh, I hear you, and here's what you're asking for. But sometimes what we get is a no. And we don't like that. We don't want to know. We don't want to wait. You see, God, I've said this before. Garth Brooks, I believe, sang a song. One of God's greatest gifts is unanswered prayer. But there is no such thing as unanswered prayer. God always says yes, no, or wait. And the last two, no or wait, we don't like those things. But see, right then, God was giving her a wait. I believe that He knew what was going to happen. Jesus Christ is God. And He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. And He's able to reach in and to touch and to heal. But my friend, He has a desire to move in our hearts and our lives. And sometimes the no and the wait is the only way that He gets the answer that He's looking for. Did you know that when you go to God and ask Him for something, sometimes God comes back to you and says, Oh yeah, well, what, what about this? What about you know the, the demands and the commandments that I have on your life? Are you answering? Are you living? Are you being the person that I have created and called you to be? Are you being obedient to the Word of God? First of all, He just doesn't answer her at all. He answered her not a word. And my friend, it's, it's strange. That Lord would, would hold His tongue, hold His peace, not say a word. At a time like this, my daughter is sick. I mean, you're going to use a time like this to get some act right out of me. To move in my heart, to move in my life. Listen, we'll talk about that later. Right now, why don't you just please hear my cry. Touch my daughter. Move in her heart. Change her life. 
Not the Lord. See, we, we don't see things the way the Lord sees them. We don't understand things the way the Lord understands things. My ways are not your ways, saith the Lord. My ways are higher than your ways. The Lord says, you look at uh, a couple of more difficulties that she has and you'll come to understand this. Not only did Jesus have silence, but look at what what the disciples said in the same verse. He answered her not a word, and then the disciples answered him and said, Send her away, Lord. See, see, he's not only using this as a time in her life to change her heart and to get her mind right with him, but he's exposing Christianity at its worst. Isn't it terrible for somebody in the congregation to have a need in their lives and for them to get a phone call from the person and and you look at the answering machine and the person says, Oh no, it's so and so again. That she just keeps going, he just keeps they just keep coming over and over and over. It seems like they've always got problems. Says, send her away, Lord. She she's just bothering us all the time. I can see it in your face. She's bothering you too. Won't you just send her away? Good Lord, have mercy on us as the people of God if we don't have the time and the compassion, the love to reach out into people's lives and and have an impact. Oh, maybe, maybe we can't cast demons out. Maybe we can't fix issues that only God can fix. But my friend, we can have the attitude towards the people that are having issues in their life, one of understanding and one of love and one of commitment and dedication and compassion for what it is that's happening in their life. Let them know that somebody in the church cares about what's going on in their lives. It was the conduct of the disciples. My friend, another uh, difficulty that she ran into was not only the silence of Christ but and the, the conduct uh, of the Christians or the disciples, the men of God there, but she ran into her own unworthiness. In tw- verse 24, Jesus looked at her and finally answered. He said something, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, there, there's a multitude of people out there. There are whole groups of people, whole nations of people that I listen, God didn't send me to them. Who do you think he's talking to now? To her? To his disciples. Because I'll tell you what, on another occasion, Jesus spoke to the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin and the religious but lost crowd and said, Oh, listen, you think your father is Abraham? You think you're you're uh, a, a son of God, a child of God, you, you don't even realize that you're not the only sheep that God has on this planet. I have sheep you know not of. And the Bible says in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9 that He redeemed or He bought back, He purchased kindred people out of every kindred, tongue, nation, color, creed on the earth. These nations that were Gentile nations had been purchased by the blood of Christ. Some of them the same way that some of the nation of Israel had been purchased and yet they were looking down their long religious nose at the rest of the world and hiding their light under a basket and wouldn't share the Gospel with people like this. Send her away, Lord. 
And instead of the Lord answering her, I believe He answered them. When they said, send her away, Lord, she, He said something to her that struck a chord in their heart. Oh, God only called me to these guys. See, He didn't really call me here to answer your prayers or to meet your needs. Then in verse 26, He runs into one more difficulty. It's not only... It's not only did he say uh, about her unworthiness, I, I'm not come to, to tend to you, I've come to tend to the house uh, of Israel. But in verse 26, he said, It's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Cast it to the dogs. I believe he slapped both of them with that lick. He got a little bit on, on both of uh, Everybody standing around. See, you think you're the only people that God cares about. And it's not right for me to cast the, the, the children's meat to dogs. Oh, and by the way, you really are not of the house of Israel, the elect, the chosen of God right now. But do you understand what she said after that? Boy, I love her persistence. A lot of people would have just ducked their head. They would have felt so whipped. They'd have tucked their tail between their legs. They'd have went on back home and said, those Christians, them Jews, them people over there, even that Jesus Christ, boy, I'll tell you, they ain't worth hanging around. They don't care. They have no compassion. They don't love anybody. But you see a mama that's praying for her baby, she don't care how you make her feel. All she cares about is, is she going to get what she wants and what she needs for her child right here, right now? And I'm willing to pay any price. Listen, that should speak to every one of us, men, women, boys, and girls in this room. We should not let it be about who we are. It's all about the glory and honor of God and about submitting ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and becoming persistent and consistent and not willing to say, okay, I'll walk away with nothing. No, sir. Remember the parable? Knocking on the door. Wake up. I got a neighbor. Bring me, a, bring me some bread. I guess I need to feed this guy. Come to my house in the middle of the night. Go away. I'm asleep in the bed with my children my wife. You come back in the morning. I said, no, it needs to be tonight. And the Bible says because of his importunity, because of his persistence, he got up out of bed, went and opened the door and said, what? What do you want? He says, I just need a piece of bread. Give me a piece of bread and I'll go feed this guy. You can go back to sleep. And he gave him what he wanted because he wouldn't give up. My friend, the same thing is true. How consistent, how persistent are you in the life that you live for the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Her persistence looked the Lord in His eye. And you know what she said to Him? She said, Oh Lord, I understand who I am. I'm unworthy. I'm a dog. I don't deserve the food from the Master's table. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the Master's table. I'm not asking for a plate. All I'm asking for is a crumb. Would you please be merciful to this dog? Would you be merciful to this sinner? Just let a little crumb fall from the table that I might take it, give it to my daughter. Well, I'll tell you what. She argued from a standpoint of faith. Do you understand? She, she had an argument that, that Jesus couldn't, He couldn't walk away from. 
Oh, she could have turned and walked away, but she didn't. She came back at him with something that was impossible for him to say no to. She argued from a position of faith. And in verse 28, he said this, Oh, woman, great is thy faith. I believe that in one place he told a lady, I've not seen faith like this. No, not in all of Israel. There's not another person that is even of the children of Israel that has, a, has, has shown the faith, shown the commitment, shown the love, the dedication that you have shown. Great is thy faith. She grabbed hold of him, not as the son of David, But she grabbed a hold of Him as the Son of God. And she realized that she wasn't talking about an earthly throne. But that she was talking about a heavenly throne. And that He had a direct connection to God Almighty, God the Father in heaven. Not only was it an argument of faith, but it was an argument of a broken spirit. See, there's a lot of people today that wear their, their pride around on their sleeve. And I will, I'll come and I'll ask the church to pray. I'll ask the church for help. Or I'll go to God and I'll pray to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll even tag on in the name of Jesus at the end of my prayer so He'll He'll know that I'm serious and put a little quiver in my voice and a little tear in the corner of my eye. But boy, if He doesn't answer me right when I want Him to answer me and give me what I'm asking for, we walk away puffed up and angry and mad. I've seen people do it. See, what happens is sometimes our prayers either draw us closer to God or it pushes us farther away from God. One of the things I found out, you can't push people away from God that's already away from God. And when God realizes you're already, because of your stinking pride, our pride and arrogance and who it is that we are coming to God as though we are entitled from a touch from God's the hem, you know, I, I reached out and touched the hem of his garment. Therefore, you know, I deserve to be gifted whatever it is that I'm asking for. But my friend, she came from a place of brokenness, humbly taking her place at the feet of Jesus Christ. From a broken and contrite spirit, the Bible says, he will not despise. When we have a broken and contrite spirit, especially when it's not concerning us, it's concerning somebody that is in our home, our family, our loved ones. When it's our children, our grandchildren, and we realize that He is the only hope that I have and I'm broken not only for my own sin, but for what's going on in my child's life. God hears and answers. And you look at verse 28 and you see the success that that broken and contrite spirit and her persistence and consistency and not giving up and going away and walking out uh, in, in a huff gained her. Hers was a triumph of faith. And in verse 28, she gained the needed blessing. You look at chapter 15 and verse 28 and it says, Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. Now that wilt is not talking about lettuce, amen? We're talking about the will, the desire of the heart that we come and lay before His 
feet in brokenness and consistency and persistency, God gives us the desire of our heart, our will, what it is, what, what, what it is that we, we are willing of Him to do for us. Now, sometimes it's not our will, but His the count. Remember what it says? That if we come to Him and ask Him anything with another person touching, I think we studied that in Sunday school this morning. By the way, if you're missing Sunday school, you're missing part of the lesson here. Amen? And if, if, if where two are gathered together in My name, there am I in the midst of, of, of them. And, and whatsoever thing they ask, that it is that they shall, if they ask anything according to My Will, they shall have what they ask. Do you understand it was already God's will to hear and to answer her prayer? He knew before she showed up what was fixing to happen. He manipulated, he moved all of these things to have an impact, not only in in the child's life and to cast the demon out. And by the way, we have a lot of children in our lives, grandchildren and children that are being attacked by the God of this world Good Lord, we need to be praying for them every day. Lifting them up. But Jesus Christ knew exactly what was going on in that child's life before that mama showed up. He knew what was going on in her heart and in her life before she showed up. He knew what was going on in the disciples' life before that woman showed up. And He used all of those things to touch every one of their hearts. My friend, are you open to the Spirit of God? Are you willing to allow God? Boy, I hate that terminology. Are we humble enough and submissive enough and determined enough to allow God to touch our hearts? To move us? Oh, we look at other sin and others. This I see. But thank the Lord, there's none in me. But God saw it in everybody and all of the players in this story. And He moved in every one of their hearts, every one of their lives. I believe God wants to move in every one of our lives. My friend, we have to have a broken and contrite spirit about our own sin before that's ever going to happen. Let's pray. Father, we love You. We thank You, Lord, for Your love and Your mercy. Lord, I can't help but think of, of the verse in Psalm 9 that that says, "And, and they that know Thy name, they put their trust in Thee. Lord, we know Your name. Jehovah God, Yeshua, Yeshua, Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah. God, I'm, I'm afraid that there are so, so few times that we really put our trust in Thee. We put our trust in Thee for Thou, Lord, has not forsaken them that seek thee. And this young woman that had a daughter that was possessed by a demon, she sought you out. God, knowing that, that the odds were slim to none, that you would have anything to do with her. God, help us. Lord, we have faith. Help our, help our unbelief. We believe, but God, we, we have so much unbelief in our hearts. Help us, God to submit to Your will and Your way, to trust You in everything that we do. And we'll give You the praise and the glory for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And I ask you to take-